0: Recognizing that we have a really incredibly loving God who reveals himself to us as father, who gives us lessons, instructions, not rules to bear down on us, but really a pathway to follow, inviting us into him that we can experience all that he wants for us and live into all that he wants to do through us. And most of these lessons as followers of Jesus are things that we agree on but sadly, they're things that we rarely live out, at least to the fullest. And we're going to start today talking about friendship. Now, all of us agree that we want friends, we need friends, we're created for friends. But what I experience so much in my own life and in ministry as I walk with so many of you is that real. Authentic friendship seems to be something that is kind of elusive for us. I mean, we have acquaintances. uh, We have people that we're on social media with. We have people that maybe we do activities with. Or maybe we're uh, around people that our friends are friends with their kids. Uh, We have people that we have fun with. But do we have people in our life that we really openly, honestly Vulnerably do life with? Do we have people in our lives that we say, that is a true friend that I'm walking with? Many of us struggle to live this out. And I think that the reason that we struggle is because we have a problem with something that I'm, this morning I'm going to call wearing the mask where we portray what we want other people to see, and we only open up to what we want people to see in us, while we hide behind that mask, who we really are. But here's the truth that we're gonna build on today. Uh, If you don't take away anything else, uh, I hope that you'll take away this biblical truth, that it is impossible to have a genuine and fulfilling friendship when I'm unwilling or unable to let someone else see the genuine me. And how are we ever going to have a genuine relationship with anybody if nobody knows who I really am? Now, Jesus actually talked about this phenomenon as he's inviting us to follow him, he helped us to understand that God created us for a genuine relationship with our heavenly father and genuine relationships with other people. But to get there, we've got to take off the mask. Now, Jesus grew up in a place called Nazareth. And we are told from scripture that Jesus was, uh, we often hear the word tekton, I mean, uh, carpenter. It's the Greek word tekton. It literally means a stonemason or an artisan. And Jesus would have been sort of like a a modern day construction worker. And just outside of Nazareth, just up on the hill was a city that was being built in the first century as Jesus was alive, a city called Sepphoris. And it was a buzzing city that Jesus would have gone to daily for work. And it was full of all kinds of culture, music, politics, uh, money and trade and the market. And it also had what a lot of cities didn't have at that time, it had a theater. And Jesus would have had an opportunity at least a few times in his life, maybe to peek in and see what was going on in that theater as the actors were telling these stories, sometimes of tragedy, sometimes of comedy. But something in particular that happened in the first century in the theater where actors, as they told a story, whether they were telling a really sad tragic story or they were telling a funny comedic story, part of the way that they told their story was that they would wear a mask that's something like this. Now, this one is is quite a bit embellished. I'm not sure that it would have looked exactly like this. But they would wear a mask like this to portray the story that they were kind of trying to tell. Is it a sad, tragic story, a funny, comedic story? And that would be shown by the mask that they wore. And the word for an actor who wore one of these masks was the word hypocrite. Now, I wonder if we were truly honest with ourselves in the church today, how many of us are battling, struggling with hypocrisy in our lives, And I don't mean just open blatant hypocrisy where we, we openly and knowingly say we're going to do one thing or be something and we do the opposite. That's not what I'm talking about. But this phenomenon where we, because of fear, because of insecurity, maybe it's because of the fear of missing out or the fear of being found out. We put on a mask. Everything's okay. Here's what I want you to see. But behind the mask. There's a brokenness, uh, insecurity, a fear that we don't want anybody to see. Jesus talked about this in our relationship with God and others. He he referenced this in Matthew 6, 5, where he said this. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. Those on the, the stage wearing a mask, only allowing you to see what they want you to see. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. If Jesus were here today, he would say to us, Don't be like the hypocrites who only let people see what they want them to see. That we are invited to come to our Heavenly Father and engage Him in prayer, not with what we want it to be like, but to say, Lord, this is what's really happening in my life and in my heart. These are my fears, my doubts, my struggles, my sins. And that we're invited to engage other people that way too. Here's what I'm afraid of. Here's where I feel insecure. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I'm celebrating. Here's what I'm excited about. Here's what I'm hoping for. And we can take off the mask and be real with others. Now, why is this so important? Let me give you two reasons why this is so critically important for us. The first is that most, if not all the things that God wants to do in your life happen often through friendships and all the things that God wants to do through your life often happen through friendships. As a matter of fact, friendships are a foundation of really the whole biblical story. Now, let me just walk you through some of the examples. You might wanna write these down. This is not a, an exhaustive list, but just a quick list. I'm gonna give you seven, so that if you wanna go read through these this week, if you don't have a reading plan, you've got seven days of reading that you can reflect on this week. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, as God has created everything, he looks at the man that he's created and he says, wow, this is all very good, but you know what? It is not good that the man should be alone. And so God created the very first relationship. We often talk about it in the context of marriage, but we forget that the foundation of that marriage was a friendship between two people, Genesis 2.18. If we did continue to read Genesis 13 and 14, We find two family members, but also friends, Abraham and Lot. And in Genesis 13 and 14, we find that friends go to bat for one another. Friends in times of need stand up and show up to protect those people that they love. If we keep reading in the book of Ruth, We find this beautiful story between Ruth and Naomi, and through their friendship, we discover that it is in the loyalty and kindness of friends that often we are opened up to the love, not just of other people, but the love of God. In 1 Samuel 19 and 20, we see this friendship between David and Jonathan. And as they walk through this incredibly difficult season as Saul is pursuing David to kill him that we discover that friends stick together in the most difficult of seasons to help us to continue to move forward. As we keep reading, if you look at uh, John chapter 11, we see Mary and Martha and Jesus and they're grieving the loss of their loved one, Lazarus. And we discover that in times of grief, friends are present with each other, not to fix it, but just to be with each other. If we keep reading in the book of Romans, Paul is writing a letter to the church in Rome. And in that letter, uh, let me find the the scripture reference here. So you can write that down. Romans chapter 16, verse three and four. Uh, Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says, to Priscilla and Aquila, I have gratitude for you for joining with me in the ministry. And we discover that friends support and encourage and join with each other in the purposes that God has given us. If you look at Daniel chapter 3, we find these three guys with some strange names, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're thrown into the fire together. And we discover that friends don't let friends give up on the calling that God has for them when the heat gets turned up that we keep pushing forward. All through Scripture, God is laying out this foundation of what he wants to do in us and through us in friendship. So what is it exactly that God wants to do in us and through us? Well, I want to offer you just a couple of things. We're going to uh, walk through the book of Proverbs. And I would love to encourage you to read through Proverbs. Here's a quick little tip. In uh, most months, some months have 31 days, but most mo- at least half the months have 30 days. If you read one proverb a day, there's 30 of them. Then you can read through the book of Proverbs every month. Life lessons for us to live by. And in the book of Proverbs, it lays out for us what it is that God wants to do in us and through us and friendship. Here's the first one, is that friends shape us. And shape us, look at Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. In other words, those who I allow in my life will give direction to my life. And the writer of Proverbs says, if you want to live a life that is wise following the path of God and his life lessons and experience all that God wants for you, all that he wants to do through you, then surround yourself with wise people. But the opposite is also true. If we surround ourselves with fools, with those who turn away from the life and the path that God has for us, we will tend to find ourselves with all kinds of self-inflicted wounds. And so who we surrounding ourselves with and and my encouragement for all of us is that we're intentional about this circle of influence in our lives. If I wanna be financially wise, I need to spend time with people who are not running up their credit cards. If I wanna be physically healthy, I need to be surrounded by people who are not sitting on the couch eating bags of potato chips. If I wanna be emotionally healthy, I need to spend time with people who are self-aware and pursuing an emotionally healthy life, not people who continue to live as a victim to their circumstances. Who am I surrounding myself with to shape me in the life God wants for me? Friends shape us. Another thing that Proverbs teaches us is that friends care for us. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I want to highlight this phrase right here. A friend loves at how many times? All All times. Not just some of the time, not just in the convenient moments, not just when you make me feel better about myself. No, a friend loves at all times. Part of what God wants to do in this friendship that he offers to us and wants to bring into our lives is that we can care for and receive care from others in all times. That we celebrate with each other in the good times. Nobody wants to celebrate alone. That we're present and we get to rejoice with each other and we're always watching out for that that problem of envy in our lives that prevents us from really celebrating with others that we can rejoice when other people win, but we're also present in the hard times, encouraging each other, supporting each other, just being present with each other when life is difficult. And y'all, this is not a want, this is a need. This is part of the DNA of how God has created us, that we are to care for and receive care from each other. Something else Proverbs teaches us that friends do. Friends challenge us. Proverbs 27, 6, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. If we were to take the wisdom of Proverbs, we need to watch out for the friends who only offer flattery in our lives. Do I have a true friend who challenges me from time to time in life? See, a friend will not look at your life or mine and see something that's harming me and or others and turn a blind eye. That's not love. That's indifference. When a friend looks into our lives and they see that there's something, there's a a wound, there's a thorn, there's a, a poison in our lives, they speak in love to us that we might experience healing and move forward and not get stuck in that moment. And friends will challenge us. And and there's a couple of ways that they'll do this. Sometimes they'll encourage us to pursue the good. They'll push us forward. They'll, They'll speak about things that God is calling us to. And they'll speak into. I see God doing this in your life. I see God calling you to this thing. I see this in you. You should pursue this. And sometimes they'll speak against the evil in our life. Where not judgment, not Not looking at you as if they're better, but walking with you and realizing, you know what? This is not what God wants for you. I can see the heartache and the pain that this is creating or it's going to create in your life. And they'll warn us against those things. Challenging us to step into what God wants for us. And then finally, really an all-encompassing rule of friendship. We stay in that same chapter, Proverbs 27, 17, is friends and prove us. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And this is so key to friendship. That friends that we walk with, and I'm talking about when we take off the mask and we're real and we're authentic and we trust one another. And we do life with each other. We improve each other that we make ourselves more useful to the plan that God has for our lives, that nobody wants to have a a dull tool to work with and that with friendships, we sharpen one another for the purposes God has for us. But you know, in doing that, it also makes us more durable, that when hard times come, we're not so easily taken out, that we've been sharpened for the task, that we realize that it is such a time as this that God placed us on this earth. And thank God I've got somebody walking with me to encourage me. Sometimes friends will do this as they inspire us that we've got godly people in our lives and we see them running full after the purposes and the love of God. And we look at them and we say, I want some of that. And we're inspired by it. Sometimes we see it as as friends like we see with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They bond together and they encourage and they push each other that, yeah, the fire's getting hot, but we don't give up. We keep moving forward and we push each other on. As the New Testament tells us, we are spurring one another on toward the good works for which God has created us. And sometimes, isn't it so good to just have a friend who's cheering us on? as we're pursuing what God has for us, as we're trying to pursue a godly marriage, trying to pursue a godly financial world, trying to pursue a godly professional life, trying to pursue godly parents, trying to pursue godly uh, education or whatever it is where God has planted us at the moment, trying to do that God's way. Isn't it good to have a circle of friends who are cheering us on, encouraging us? Then I saw that, way to go improving us for the life that God wants for us. So this is what God wants to do in your life and mine. God wants to shape us. God wants to care for us. God wants to challenge us. God wants to improve us. And so much of the time, the way he does that is he brings people into our life, the people of God for other people of God to say, let me draw you into all that I want for you. If that's what God wants to do, and we know that God is faithful, the question really for us to wrestle with is why do we not see that happening more often in our lives? Here's why I think, As we're so tempted to wear the mask because this is messy. Think about it, as iron sharpens iron, that's not comfortable, that, that's not easy. That, that's difficult and messy and hard. And I'm not really sure that, that I wanted to go there with you. And so God help me to trust you and trust others to, be able to take off the mask, to be able to step into this. Now, what does that look like for us? Let me just give you five quick tips, five quick tools that we can put in our toolbox. That we might take off the mask and step into these things that God wants to do, to shape us, to encourage us, to challenge us, to improve us. All right here's the first one, as we've got to be available. I and mean, this is so key. Of all the things that God wants to do in our lives and through our lives, through friendship, you know what we have to do is we've got to show up. And not just show up in a kind of like distant way where we we hold each other at arm's length, but we've gotta be present and honest and vulnerable over time. This is not something you can do two or three times a year. This is not something you can do when you show up on Sunday and you wave at the person down the aisle. This is something where you show up often and regularly and you engage with one another. Make yourself available that God can get into the midst of our lives through our friendships with each other. It takes commitment. It takes determination. It takes our willingness to say, you know what, I know this doesn't happen by accident. Here's a profound truth that God has to keep teaching me over and over and over and over again. As this little device we carry around with us, you know, it works both ways. So much of the time, I'm waiting on somebody to call me, text me, reach out to me, and God would say to me, why are you not reaching out, texting, calling, pursuing those friendships with other people? Be intentional, be persistent, in being available in the lives of others. Here's a second tool for us. Give honest feedback. Paul would say it to us this way, speak truth and love. But let me just state the obvious is that you have to speak truth and speak it in love. I think sometimes we speak truth without love and sometimes we speak deception because we're trying to love. And so we got to be super careful that when we speak into the lives of others, that it is truth. It's not just opinion. It's not just emotion. But we've evaluated it. We've prayed over it. We've discerned, God, is this true? Or is this just something that is amiss in my heart and mind? And then I'm going to speak it not with judgment, not with hatred, not with anger, but with love. And that comes with a commitment to walk with somebody. There are no drive by statements of truth and love. You can't on your way by somebody say, oh, here's a whole bunch of truth, better deal with it. No, the love comes saying, I'm committed to walk with you. I don't think any less of you, I'm with you. We're in it together. And that we're speaking that, that combo, powerful tool of God, truth and love. But if we're gonna step into all that God wants for us, it's not just give honest feedback, but I've also gotta be willing to receive honest feedback. Lord, help me to hear with open ears what you wanna say to me through a trusted friend. God, somebody who loves me, who's got my back, who's for me, who might see a blind spot in my world. Lord, help me to receive it openly. And so there's a couple of things that specifically I want to encourage us to pray for in our friendships. And the first is, God, please help break down the pride in my heart that would prevent me from hearing truth. That can be so devastatingly dangerous in our world. When we we allow ourselves because of fear or insecurity or arrogance to not listen to truth, people who love us. I mean, most of the time in my own life, and the people that I walk with, when we head toward disaster, there were all kinds of warning signs from people who love us on the way, but we were unwilling to listen because of pride. So Lord, break down the pride in me, but also this, this is really key, because not everybody who wants to speak truth and love because we're broken is actually speaking truth or at least complete truth. Lord, give me discernment to know when it's true and when it's not. Because some of us, from somebody who's had all kinds of good intentions and spoken to our life, we have carried around some pain for a long time because we believe something to be true that wasn't true. Maybe it was emotion, maybe it was opinion, maybe it was heartache from, from the past and we received it as truth. But if we had prayed in the moment, Lord help me to discern between what's true and what's not to carry forward what I need to carry and let go what I need to let go of, many of us would have healthier lives and healthier friendships. Now it doesn't mean we get angry or, or hold it against somebody because often we think we're speaking truth But we forgive and we move on, but we have discernment. And we're saying, Lord, help me to hear the truth and the nuggets of where I need to to change or move or correct course, but let me let go of all the other. Because here's the thing, when I hold on to non-truth over time, guess what happens? I eventually stop listening altogether. And so we engage in the lives of others doing something that that we talk about with our leaders so often around here is I'm choosing trust over suspicion. I choose to trust that you're for me. You have my best intentions. I'm going to walk with you. A fourth tool for us is to celebrate the good things that we're intentional about celebrating the good things that God is doing in and around our lives. There's so much negativity going on in our world. I mean, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, my goodness, on Twitter, right? Like. Is anything good on Twitter? Like it's just like negative, negative, negative all the time. We've got people at work. You know, how many times do people come into our office just to tell us about the good things that are happening, right? How many times do you get that email or that memo or that phone call about the good things? Rarely. It's always about here's a problem. Here's a challenge. Here's where we messed up. There's so much negativity coming into our life. What would it look like for us to be relentless as godly friends to celebrate the goodness of God in our world? And we celebrate, man, here's some great things I saw God do. Here's some great things God is doing. But not only that, but to say, here's some great things that have happened in my life because of you. Thank you. Thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for showing up when nobody else showed up. Thank you because God has moved through your life in my life. And I want to celebrate that. And as we give thanks, let me just offer a challenge for us to never withhold a blessing from another person. And here's what I mean. This would transform our lives and our friendships if we did this. Every single time a positive thought or feeling arises in your heart and mind, assume it's from God and share it with that person. Man, I'm so grateful that that person did that for me. Write a note, send a text, call them. Man, like, I just am so glad that God took care of this problem. Write a note, send a text, call them. Did you see what God did? Pray for people, pray for them daily, pray for them in the moment when you see them. Encourage them with, with words of gratitude and words of support. Be present in hard times, show up in the moment and walk with people and celebrate these good things. And then finally, encourage in hard times. Encourage in hard times. We've talked about this so often, Jesus never promised a life without difficulty, but this is what he promised. I've overcome that in Christ, we can walk through the hard times knowing that there's hope on the other side. And here's what we do as, as Jesus followers with our friends that makes us different from every other person who has ever or will ever walk the planet earth. And that's what we have a relentless grip on hope and not an empty hope but a sure and certain hope based on what Jesus has already done, that he died. And just as he said he would do, he rose from the dead. And we know that as he rose, that he's coming again and he will bring his kingdom. And because of that, we have hope. And even when, I I think probably especially when we don't have the answers to fix somebody's problem, that we can show up and be present with them and encourage them to say, I don't know what's gonna happen. But our God is faithful. As we've said before, the best indicator of God's future faithfulness is his past provision. Look at how he showed up then, he's gonna do it again, he hasn't changed. And while we're waiting, I'm here with you. And I wanna encourage you to not give up. And we can do all of this We can be available. We can be honest. We can humble ourselves. We can celebrate and we can walk with each other and encourage because of what Jesus has done. That Jesus moves in our lives. And here's what he does. Number one is he shows us what friendship looks like. Number two is he transforms our heart that we can actually live this out. And then he gives us a hope to not give up. That's what Jesus does for us. Listen to what Jesus said. This is not going to be on the screen, but John chapter 15, verses 14 and 15. These are the words of Jesus to you and me. You are my friends if you do what I command. I've given you these life lessons to follow to, to pursue me and to walk with each other, that we pursue Jesus together. You're my friends when you do this. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you." You see, Jesus came knowing that the presence, that the voice, that the the will of God was veiled and he showed up in flesh and blood to take off that mask, to remove that veil that we could hear the voice of God, see the face of God, know the will of God. And Jesus came not to put us in our place, but he came to give us grace and mercy to remove us out of where we belong in our sin and give us a hope and a future. And he said, in that, I call you friends. This is what it looks like. And he's calling us to pursue him, not because we're so good or that we can figure it out, but because he's made a way. Will we trust God? Lord, my life is okay in your hands. We sang earlier, I'm a child of God. One of the most beautiful verses of scripture, 1 John chapter 3, verse one, see what love the father has for us that we should be called children of God. That I am okay in him and I can trust him. And because I trust him that my world is okay, I can choose to trust somebody and take off the mask and be real. I can be available in their world. I can give honesty. I can receive it. I can celebrate. I can encourage. Because Jesus has made a way.